0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: Are you PNLP? This is the Premier Non-League Podcast.
2: The Premier and Non League podcast is back for episode 59 after a well earned, well rested Christmas break. Uh, I probably can't say that because you'll we'll probably say I go on holiday half times of the year anyway, so I always have a break. Um, Gaz, Trev and Chris, and myself, James, here tonight. How are we doing, Chaps? Did we have a good uh, festive period, Trev?
1: Yes, we won. We won three games
2: out of three. It's beautiful. <laughs> but at our personal level, did you have a Christmas level? Forgetting the football for one second.
1: Yes, I won three games out of three with no goals conceded and no points. So, yeah, no, it was really good. bit short, but does work in between. But, it
2: literally went flying, um, didn't
1: it? Yeah, it always does, though, isn't it? The prep takes like three, four weeks and then like like a like a, like a Brussels sprout farts over in five seconds, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but
2: it lingers around from pumps on it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. Like, yeah, like Gaz is yeah. 12.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's like those yeah. three days in between. That's what lingers around, isn't it? Because everyone doesn't know what, what the hell to do on that bit before New Year. Well I was calling
2: it um, Peter Crouch's podcast was calling it the Gooch. It was like the gooch yeah. of, the gooch between Christmas and New Year. It's called the Gooch. Um, so I don't know. We could we call it the Gooch officially? The Gooch? Yeah, I think so. The gooch, gooch go between Christmas. So Mr. Twirl with his uh last rem- remnants of Christmas, Gaz. Did yeah. you have a good Christmas, mate? On a personal level with talking Yeah, it's really good. I thought it was first Christmas. So <laughs> did you, really so that was three wins out of three and no goals conceded as well? Then, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was it yeah. was, 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 was uh, yeah. uh and lastly, uh, Chris has been an exciting uh, festive period for you in the footballing world, but how about yourself? I mean, I've seen pictures of you in festive, was it pyjamas or onesies or something you had on, on your Facebook? Was oh, that yeah. awesome? always,
3: wear, always wear Christmas jammies. It was, was a lovely festive season,
2: thank you. Yeah, no. And um, am I right in saying one of your children got engaged over Christmas? Before? Yeah, my daughter got
3: engaged before Christmas, so
2: yeah. There we go. Congratulations, mate. Thank, Congratulations. You. thank you. Are you picking a hat out already?
3: No, I don't know when they're going to get married.
2: Um, That's the next but, thing, saving up for it, isn't it?
3: Well, i have to have a long way. I've got note. I've got note to give her. So, <laughs> no, it's great news.
2: Good to hear, mate. Good to hear. Congratulations for the May family. Um, <laughs> right. I guess we have got lots to talk about. It's been um, quite a few months on end. We Well, I say months on end. it's about about five weeks, is it, since we last called Four weeks, five weeks?
1: Yeah, four or five weeks, isn't it? Four or five weeks, I mean. so. Four or five weeks. Yeah. So, yeah. Um,
2: Mm. so the FA Cup draws just happened shall we talk about what could happen in the fourth round of the FA Cup because uh, if Manchester United win tonight and easily win their replay uh, it's easily versus Man United isn't it chaps and that is if a TV well the TV will obviously come calling for that uh, it'll probably end up yeah. being newport Wigan, as <laughs> you all said Trent yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, no slouches on Newport not us out in a second. Off the second round after we did the artwork and got a draw there so um, won't be easy for Eastley, but they've got the leading scorer in the national league, Paul McCallum. So, got a good chance. I mean, I think
2: looking at the FA Cup with uh the last of well, four games involving non league signs in round three, um, we've talked about Eastleigh. they drew one one with Newport, got to go to Newport on on a cold Monday night, Tuesday night replay, or was it on a Saturday? We're going to do it this year, way
1: around, it's at Eastleigh, isn't it?
2: Sorry, it's easily is it? Yeah, so they've got, so that, that gives them the favour, doesn't it? Because, you know, they're going to have a big crowd. Um, You'd probably think Southampton, some Southampton fans might go along as well, being the location to go and see. So it should be mm. a bumper crowd, money made for the club. Uh, we'll be rooting for them, obviously. Chesterfield lost 2 1 versus Watford, which was, to be honest, that's pretty, pretty it's close. Not bad, result, that, is it? It's not not it? Not bad. They would go away pleased with that, wouldn't they, guys? Yeah.
0: You'd have thought so, wouldn't you? I mean, they'd be disappointed not to be in the hat in the next round, but yeah, I think they'd be, um, They'll be happy with championship, uh top half of the championship, aren't
2: they? I don't know where yeah. they are in the league. Don't follow that league very particularly much, but um, yeah, they'll they'll, they'll be up there. Well, Watford are quite a yo-yo club, aren't they? Between the yeah. Premier League, yeah. like, a bit like Norwich, they're yeah, between Premier League and Championship yeah. all the time.
3: Yeah. Um but, but of course Chesterfield have got bigger fish to fry, haven't they? You know, they have yeah. got a have got a job yeah. to do to get back into the football league, so that can now be concentrated
2: on. Absolutely. And then we got Aldershot. Uh, they kind of got it handed to them, really, four one versus West Brom. Another team performing. They're they're in the Championship as well at the moment, aren't they, West Brom? Yeah, West Brom, uh, is okay. yeah, one, yeah. Of, one of the yo yoing teams. So that was uh that was it, uh one of those. And we have to say we've got one at the moment, one non league team remaining. Which, to be honest, I was quite surprised that they beat Stevenage. Uh, not in the way, but the fact they obviously. We'll talk about it later, but Warrington beat them just before Christmas five one, and they didn't seem to have a hope in hell. But they've all turned up for that game. Uh, Trev, you, you you used to be from that part of the world. You What do you think about Maidstone getting in? Was, it, was you expecting it, or was it a nice surprise for you?
1: Yeah, you know, I had a bit of a funny feeling, even though Stephen is doing really well in League One at the moment. They're up stop in, the in the in the uh, top six or seven, so yeah. it wasn't going to be an easy task. I know Steve Evans sets up some really difficult sides to play against, but. Um, as it was I sort of start their FA Cup journey, it's then back in September. Um, and that was a little bit could have been a potential banana skin step step two against step five. Um back then. So to, to now knock outside that's two divisions high. I mean, funny enough, you you know, you said you battered them five one Two three weeks before we played in the trophy and battered them four 0 A couple of weeks before that, so I thought
0: they looked really poor as well in that in that trophy game against you. Yeah, they yeah they I... weren't
1: yeah certainly weren't as good as what I expected. A little bit more from a side up there, but then you know we're, we're, as we'll probably come to talk on a little a little bit later. A lot of the national south sides in and around that top eight or nine keep beating each other at the moment. Mm. There's not a lot of consistency. <laughs> Barhampton and Richmond. <laughs>
2: And at Yeovil, really,
1: and yeah, and Yeovil. So yeah. um... you say
2: that though, Trev. If if we would go on to it, if Weaven had won at the weekend, we would have gone second in front yeah, of Hampton. So you know, it's yeah. they're they're jumping into that pond at the moment as well. So sorry.
1: Yeah. Um. So yeah, no, I, I I I kind of wasn't surprised. Again, the plastic picture as well helps. I know theirs is a bit dicky as well. There, they're trying to raise money to to replace it because it's come to the end of its natural life, and it wasn't fantastic when we played there twice last year. So, um, yeah, they're really going to benefit from the from the cash that's generated and you know to be the last non-league side bar in East league against a replay I've definitely being the lowest ranked team left you know it's the first time they've made it to the fourth round in this guys or even in the previous guys before they've reformed
2: Yeah. And they're facing Ipswich Town in the next round. And Ipswich are doing very well at the top after being promoted from League One last year. They're on a roll, it seems, you know, which I often see see happening. I remember when Southampton Norwich were down in League One with, you know, Charlton and, you know, Sunderland back in the day. And they um, they seem to be on a roll. Well, Sunderland, look at how well they're doing in, you know, Championship at the moment. They're all in the top half pushing for it. So that's going to be a very tough fixture for Maidstone. Do you seem to think there could be a shock, or do you think it'll be, thank you, Maidstone? Thanks for your arrival. Goodbye. Mm-hmm.
1: A bit, a bit, I suppose, it depends if it's which rest a few players that's going to be the the, the key thing. Um, you know, Maidstone are uh, back on the horse again on Tuesday night with a league fixture, so they're um one or two behind, aren't they? Everyone else as well, so mm. they've got those to come in the next few weeks. Um, yeah, but again, you know, full time outfit, Maidstone are, so you know, it only takes one, uh, only takes one chance to win a game.
0: They're Ooh. only one. They're only one game behind everyone else around them.
1: Are they? Yeah. two.
0: No, they've got two in hand over Averley. Um, but be. only only one in hand over Worthing, Chelmsford, Hampton, and Bath. Mm. So,
2: and if they win that, they go yeah, probably second. So. Yeah, so it, it, it's, it'll be an interesting. Obviously, we'll be rooting. I don't, I don't root for Maidstone in the league for obvious reasons, but we'll root for them in the FA Cup. Um, Those games are due to be played around the 27th. Now, obviously, in our last episode, we made quite a big song and dance about the fact there was no National League. And I know Trevor said when Maidstone won on the Saturday, take that National League. Yeah, I'll take that uh, <laughs> FA Cup and ITV and all that lot. Because that would have been, I mean, it, it would have been, it's not a glory one, you know, it's not a glory one. Obviously, we know we had Newcastle, Sunderland were probably the, sort of key TV picks of that weekend for obvious reasons. Um but I think I think next round we've got to see Ipswich versus Maidstone in there you'd have thought, wouldn't you? Or do you think that could even be overlooked as well?
3: Mm. Uh uh-huh. could be overlooked. Um could be overlooked. Ipswich championship um so we'll see we shall see um but it's it's a difficult draw it's one of those draws where Ips if Ipswich turn up It'll, it'll be definitely a step too far for Maidstone. Will Ipswich turn up? Will be concentrating on the league. Do they? Will they see it as an opportunity to actually go all out and get into the fifth round of the FA Cup? It's an, inter- it's an interesting one. But... Even that they're second in the league,
2: you still think you know with possible promotion to the Premier League, you still think mm. they they might overlook it.
3: Um. Uh, yeah. Who? Who knows? I, I'd like to think that. That um, they'll give it a good go, and I think uh, you know, who knows? There's always been these cup upsets over the last 100 and 200 years or whatever it is. But um, you just look at that on paper and you think, well, that's as far as Maidstone are going to get. But you never know.
2: That, yeah. Magic of the FA Cup, <laughs> absolutely. No, Gareth, that's gone. That's long gone. Well, <laughs> no, long. well, it kind of I, I, can we say it's maybe a little um, salt-bay dusting of. Magic sort of salted yes. over have a bit of steak, not not full magic. Uh, I don't know what Trev thinks about that. Do you, you know he sort of slaughtered uh, the FA Cup last round? The magic has gone. Do you think this is a little sprinkling of magic still?
1: Um, it is. It is. Well, the non-league clubs really. Once they disappear, it it, it disappears itself. I mean, you go through Twitter on for Thursday, Thursday and Friday. And it's just all full of on earth. Did they choose Palace and who did Palace play? Was it Everton and Spurs? Palace and, Everton, yeah. And, <laughs> Palace Everton, Spurs you Burnley. Could, you know, you can Spurs, almost
0: guarantee that Man City Spurs will be a TV. Yeah, game it will stuff. be.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think really, you know, I can watch that twice on Sky this year. And you know, if you haven't got Sky, the pub ain't far away, and there ain't there. there really can't be that many people that don't have access somewhere to a sort Sky subscription, whether they share it with someone else, they've got their own, or they go to the pub. So. I just got no, I just got no interest in in watching no. it. You know, Newcastle London no. perfect. That you know that that deserved to be on. The rest, I think, were just all easy. I know, um, you know, I know, I know his viewing figures for the TV companies and all that. But surely, you know, someone must be sitting there sweating away <laughs> this morning from from the choices and the lack of actually crap football. Actually, one of the program columns I wrote today was I'd love to see them publish what The viewing figures were for the games over the weekend at the start when kickoff was, and then how many were still watching by the end because I bet they were so far down they wouldn't dare release what the figures are.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah, Freedom of Information Act. Anyone,
1: <laughs> yeah, probably you could do that. Yeah, uh, that'll
2: get us a bit of publicity, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> this non league podcast, uh, sending a uh, take it on ITV and BBC. Um, we oh, got Ian Ian Wright in his uh, snow covered cap tonight, rather his oversized jacket. I saw. It looks like he's uh, been snowing. Had a little bit of snow down here on the south coast. You been snowing up in uh, up north, Chris.
3: No, but very cold. It's cold. It's um, yeah, chilly. No,
2: I did think, guys. I saw our south coasters. I really hope that Worthy was going to get a good old downpour of it, but it's just a token dusting that we always get. has now turned to ice already. So it looks a bit pathetic, but we'll take it. We'll take it. Um, moving on to the FA Trophy. This uh, coming weekend, um, standout tyres, guys. Have you had a look at the fixtures? Any standout ties? Uh, Gateshead Western Supermares, end of each con- <laughs> each end of the country. I think that's going to yeah. be an interesting one. Um, Western, you there's know, there's lots they- in
1: there with massive great distance. Five Charlie, yeah. filed at Averley. Us going to Radcliffe.
2: Hampton Hartlepool.
1: Hampton Hartlepool, yeah. Uh, Hendon are going Oldham, I think.
2: I mean, Bishop Stortford have got a southern fixture. Can you believe that? They're paying Aldershot the Town. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have to go north for once. So they can go <laughs> south.
0: Take <laughs> them just as long around that bit of the M25 <laughs> that they would do to get to Shields, probably. <laughs> to be honest, it probably, probably would
2: be about the same time. Yeah. On if someone has a bloody accident, you know that. You know that. Um, And obviously, we've got uh, a Dorkin, a, uh, sorry, um, Barnett are taking on Radcliffe away. Uh, Trev, what what are your thoughts on that? Do you think it will be a, a victory for you guys?
1: Uh, it won't be easy. Um, uh, no. fifteen hundred there at the weekend I've been one three one and uh, I think six points clear Chris I think of Warrington yeah at the moment yeah um, They're good save. yeah They're yeah good save. um good managers um I don't know because someone asked me actually just before I come on um uh, how serious are, you, are we going to treat you at the weekend and uh I don't know because it's another another trip to Manchester which we had last last week uh, sorry the weekend we've got trip to Gateshead and a trip to Oldham this month as well. So the boys are putting the the miles in. But um, I don't know, you flip the other side of the coin, Chesterfield and Oldham were probably the other two biggest sides left in the competition. Um, It opens up a little bit, as it did for us last year. Um, But it's not regional, that's the only thing. And you get through this one, if you end up with another long away trip, the um, end of the month or beginning of next month, it's like... Do we really want to get it in the way of trying to finish second or third? Mm. Um, I'm not quite convinced, but if there would have been, if been a Southern, a Southern and Northern regional competition as it was last year, then I'd say, yeah, go and do it. Cause we've got seven subs. You can use five, start the strongest, get the game done and dusted, make your five subs and go home. But it isn't.
2: I definitely think there could be a shock in the making. Uh, it's a, uh... Macclesfield versus Dorkin Wanderers obviously right. that I think that's the for me that's the tie of the round that's got the shock written all over it because Dorking have been so up and down I'd say probably more down and up over the last few weeks um, Mark Mark's come down from doing his rants on tv and on social <laughs> media hasn't he but what are we? What are we thinking? Uh, what are we thinking about that Dorking game? Do you think Macclesfield obviously full time? Where step four, aren't they? Um, yeah. Uh, think-
3: Macclesfield—they've just signed Tundi Olabi as well, who was a tremendous uh, striker. So they—they've they've got danger all over the pitch. But a tough one. I can see Macclesfield. Um, I can see Macclesfield doing that. Um, but again, it depends on what Mr. Savage wants. Does, does he want? Um, to go all out for
1: promotion, or go out all out for promotion and the trophy, uh,
3: de- depends on Mr.
1: Savage, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I think if you get through this round as well, then your mentality changes a little bit because yeah. you're another inch closer to Wembley, aren't you? So I think yeah. you'll take, you know, whatever you get next round, especially if you, especially got, if you haven't got travelled too far as well, um, mm. and a few of the few of the bigger sides, you know, find their way out the uh, find the way out the door as well. Um, I don't know, it's difficult, isn't it? Because, I mean, I thought last year when we were going along the playoffs and that, that the trophy was, you know, a little bit of a distraction. But you get away to, to the semi-finals because the draw opens up. It's, you know, possible for, for anyone any, anyone to get to. You probably would have said halifax Gateshead would have been the um, trophy final at the beginning of the year. You'd have picked your Wrexham's, your Knox Counters, or your Chesterfields. One of those three to at least made made the final. Absolutely.
2: So, the FA, FA Trophy, another cup t- competition this uh, weekend, also the FA Bars. Uh, any standout ties for you guys, uh, Trev and Gaz? I know you watch more games at this level than I probably do, or Chris does. So, any ties mm. that you sort of stand out that this round that you've had a look at?
1: Um, deal, definitely. Former winners still in it. Um, I think they're heading... I'm not sure if I... I think they're, they're at home to Cobham. Um there's another two sides from Kent, Holmesdale, who have gone the furthest they've ever gone. They're at home on Saturday, I think, to Highfield. I think it is. And I think Town travelled to Hilltop. But um, it's an, it's an open, open open draw now, really is. Yeah. Um, you know, you can smell Wembley. smell Wembley, can't you, Chris, when you get to this side of Christmas?
3: Yeah, bars. you can. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I remember... Uh, uh, when South Shields were in the in the Vars in 2017, and when we we were booking trains and hotel rooms, even it was the last 16. You know, we <laughs> just you, we just felt as though we were going to do it, um, and it, it it does at that level at that level. It's it's what it's about, and um, it's wide open this year. Wide open.
2: I think one we've got to look out for though because I mean my friend uh, who's not really into nog league but he's getting more but he lives here is in Farnham because Farnham Town are still unbeaten. Yeah. <laughs> they played 16 games in the league. They're still unbeaten in the league. No draws. They've won every game. They're on fire at the moment. So surely the game versus Bridgewater Town. Not sure what Bridgewater Town are like at the moment, but Farnham have definitely got to be sort of you know was a strong chance of winning that. Trophy. I mean it was stepping well ahead of ourselves, but the, their form in the league is amazing. yes
3: yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah, only side of a hundred percent record in the country. Anywhere. Yeah.
2: Of course, no no um no uh television will bring that up apart from local local uh <laughs> what level of Bridgewater? I'm trying to look on football web pages at the moment. I can't see they're obviously county league, but where yeah, five or
1: six. I think those yeah. six might be tool tool station western league, maybe.
2: Well, they must be from not even getting out coming up on football web pages, to be honest. I'm trying to yeah, say try it now. One so. of those, yeah. Um but yeah, good good for Farnham, good opportunity because they're they're, they're well odds on, you think, for gaining promotion this year because something will go significantly wrong if they don't. Um I don't know, Trevor, has there been much investment over at Farnham or is it just they've picked the right players and got the right squad aligned?
1: Both they've got a, I think they've got a bit of a budget. Um they've got a good manager who's who has got players in that he knows, and I think some are from the level above as well as the level they're at. Um go and put a good group of players together that, that buy into what you want to do and it becomes that that, that much easier. But um I uh, I mean I think Jersey they're in the same division as Jersey Bulls as well. So um you know they're uh, they're no slouches themselves in wanting to try and get promoted as well. So um to go I think what was it thir- thirteen out of thirteen everyone isn't it so far? Yeah. Yeah. No
2: 16, 16 out of 16. Sixteen, 16 oh. out of sixteen.
1: Oh fantastic. Yeah. So um yeah, you know Men- um, mental isn't it? <laughs> yeah. The only question is, is will the Vars derail what they've done? It hasn't done to a lot of clubs in recent years. But when you've got that pressure on your shoulders of not having lost or even dropped a single point, you know, there's a lot of football still to play.
2: It's nice though because obviously I've got my friend who's he's always seen that I really like Worthing, and he's I went to college with him, so I'd go see tennis with him occasionally. But you know he's always um, he's always liked football. He's a Chelsea fan. He's kind of disillusioned again, but he lives in Farnham, and he's sort of gone to a couple of games, and he's even noticed how sort of the town are feeling about it now. You know, there, there are more people going to the game, and it's I guess it's kind of maybe what's happened around Worthing and stuff. You could see the sort of the feel good factor when a club's doing well, and you know. Better for the game and better for the local community because, to be honest, in that part of well, Surrey is what I mean. Aldershot—that's Hampshire—but mm. uh, Woking, Woking's probably the mm. is Woking the highest place club. No, well, if you officially Crystal Palace are, but that's not really Surrey, is it? You know, yeah. it's no, yeah, side. Yeah, you would go with
1: Woking then. Yeah, yeah, it's
2: Woking. Yeah, we'll it. So again, there's like it's a bit like the Worthing factor in the South Coast. It's such a big area where there's no between Brighton and Portsmouth there's no club in that big catchment area up to sort of the south well pretty much where Palace are um same with that sort of Surrey area there's no real club so good on them good on them and that's what we like to see and it would be interesting to see what happens coming in the season maybe we can try and get someone from the club on or you know manager or something to talk about the season because that'll be a interesting Mm. interesting chat I think later on um Trev um, you've, you've sat down with Liam again this week, haven't you? And uh, you're talking about Southend because I think they're going to have a happy new year after all of that.
1: Yeah, do you know what? I, thought, I said to him, it'd be third time lucky you'd be on and we've actually got some good news to celebrate this time, which he did which he did say, I think the last time he was on, that hopefully the next time he's on, it's going to be something more positive. Yeah. Well, did, made a massive change. Didn't... didn't...
2: News that week that we last interviewed him, didn't news already make our podcast kind of out of date about two days after I think we interviewed him, and sort of some sort of money or some buyer or something was going on. I can't remember exactly because it's been such a long saga, but I'm almost certain something happened. So are we going to strike again and it's going to be out of date before we even publish this <laughs> podcast?
1: <laughs> no, I think I, I think we're quite safe this time.
2: Yeah, well, Trev, let's listen to what Trev had to say with uh, Liam from Shrimpers Trust and all at C-Fanzine, am I right? Mm-hmm. That's right. I got it right. Bloody hell. Here we go over to you.
1: Right, it's great for us on the PNLP once again to be joined by Liam Ager of Shrimpers Trust and All at Sea Fanzine. And I think last time we spoke, Liam, we did say that hopefully at some point, the next the next one or two times you're on, it's actually going to be something positive to talk about, isn't it? So welcome back, Liam.
4: Hi, Shrev. Yeah, it's great to see you again. Uh, much better circumstances this time. Um, it looks like the sale of the club has moved on. The new owners have uh, come into a situation with Ron where they're sort of under like a part ownership or at least sufficient legal progress has, has occurred in the sale that they feel that they can start putting money into the club. There's enough like guarantees for them if something were to all fall through, which means the embargo has been lifted.
0: Uh-huh. Um,
4: which, yes. Yeah, um, so uh, I've got the I've got the number here. Do you want to have a guess at how many days we were in a transfer embargo?
1: It's a long, long it's at least three hundred and sixty-five, I think. So you're you're close. That, surely.
4: Uh it's four hundred and sixty. Wow. Uh, four hundred and sixty-one days. So it's a long, it's been a long sort of fifteen months or whatever, whatever that equates to. Someone one of your listeners can work that out if they care. Um but yeah, it's been it's been a long, long time. uh we've had we've had to Fiddle around with squad sizes this year. We've had to fiddle around with registrations. There's been various players who uh have signed up. We had a couple of players who signed on non-contract terms in the summer. We had Jason Dimitri, who was planning to move into a backroom role, uh, re-registered as a player. We've had to deregister um and we've had to ask the, the league permission to do this. We've had to deregister players who were long-term injured so that um other players could be brought in quite often on non-contract terms as well. So we've had um, Louis Lomas has suffered really badly with injuries during his time with us. I think he's I think it's a knee or an ankle, but he's been he's been out since the beginning of the season. Um, he was, you know, one of Brackley's best players when he joined us. He was in the National League North team this season, um, but we've replaced him with uh, Brooklyn Cavangolo, who was released by Billericay, and that's no shade on anyone in particular because you know we're 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 in this part of the football ecosystem on merit, but you you what you want to be doing is not, you know, like any club with its transfer policy, you want to be building constantly, not putting out fires all the time. So it's really, really exciting. That's that feels like someone's um uncuffed uh Kevin Mayer and Sean Steele and now they can actually work their wonders and and look at look at what we need to improve and hopefully get us a bit further back up the table.
1: It's been a long time coming. So just sort of explain where we are with the consortium. So I think it's not, the ink isn't quite dry on absolutely everything, is it so far? But it's very close.
4: No. So the the analogy for all of this, uh, all the way through in in layman's terms, has been purchasing a house. So what they announced on the, I think it was the 23rd, it was the game we played Kidderminster. I think it was the 23rd. 23rd, They announced that contracts had been exchanged. So essentially that is the completion of the deal has not gone through but contracts exchanging is like considered such a milestone in, in, in buying a house. So I'm told (laughs) um, that uh, there are sort of legal consequences. If one party were to um, scupper the deal at that point. And that has essentially given the consortium led by Justin Reese. um, That's given them enough confidence to start putting money into the club. They had previously paid wages, in the latter part of last year. And they had also paid the embargo. Sorry, they paid the HMRC bill, which again, I think was early October. they paid that amount of money that fell due. Um, but obviously we didn't pay any more money to HMRC, so the embargo remained. Um, but they're, they're now happy to essentially start putting money into the club. Um, Reese became interested in purchasing the club in the summer and with some sort of savvy recruitment on his part and some other people at the club, he's managed to put together a 10-man consortium. So not the most uh, diverse group of human beings, but then if you're looking at rich people in the southeast of England, they do tend to be uh, white blokes. Um, But it's, uh, so they've all essentially, there's one name that we don't know, but with the exception of Reese himself, they've all got some sort of connection to either the town or the club. And the hope is that, whereas Ron Martin was sort of, uh, emblematic of um the sort of owner that uh wanted to own um bricks and mortar assets in a cash rich business with a captive audience and a captive fan base these guys all feel like they want the best for the club yeah. and they want the best for the town and it really feels like hopefully a see you know then they're, they're, they're they're barely sat down yet, but it really feels like a sea-changing attitude and about what sort of things can they do to improve uh, the club, both on the pitch and off the pitch.
1: And the club now is re- going to remain at Roots Hall, isn't it? The Fossett's farm development pretty much goes with Ron Martin, am I
4: right? That's right. So that that is still a hold-up to the deal because essentially what, what the plan was for Southend to move to an out-of-town stadium with an adjacent housing estate that would have been ron would have given the stadium so he says to the club and then would have built his houses next door that um that piece of land is now going to be entirely developed for housing um by ron again so he says i can't caveat that every time ron opens his mouth but you'll (laughs) just have to trust me not to trust him um so that that uh block of land is now going to be entirely developed for housing um conjunction with the council so there's various planning permissions and bits and pieces that need to go along with that because that is how ron is going to make his money the football club itself is worth naffle um and then there is a little bit of value in roots hall and the land that roots hall is on um so we're not completely out of the woods yet but that that was that was what a lot of the wrangling prior to christmas was about was about trying to get the council and ron to move forward so the plan yeah as you say the plan now is for the club to stay at Roots Hall the consortium are looking to from that development under Ron Martin's name out of town the consortium are looking to siphon about 20 million pounds away from from that in order to have Roots Hall redeveloped uh, which should be which again would be really exciting because it it is a stadium that for my entire lifetime has been talked about as being you know needing to be moved, moved moved away from and and uh redeveloped as uh, you know for, for different benefits for the town uh, and so no one uh including jobson before including vic jobson the owner before ron martin no one really wanted to put too much effort into maintaining that and you'll have been there in the away end trev you know mm-hmm. it's like yeah. it's 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 miserable yeah um i don't know if there's mushrooms growing in the toilets in the away end but it <laughs> there's all sorts of photos that you can see if you want to have a look at how bad Roots hall is where there's ceiling tiles missing toilets that toilets that flood regularly um there's still asbestos in the, in the roof in the west end um so there's there's some serious problems and some serious remedial work that needs doing and then with any luck they'll they'll knock down the east end that's I think that's the one thing that's being talked about because that that's your sort of key area on that bit of land to start having some non-match day revenue um so yeah it's 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 all but 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 ultimately the fans get to stay at their spiritual home or what you know what would be considered the spiritual home we've been there since 1955 so it's great it's really exciting it's really it's just what what could you want what more could you want the guys the guys have come in and, and said all the right things it's, fair, it's really exciting
1: and especially for Christmas as well it's been I mean it's been quite a Stressful time to be a Southampton United fan for the last quite a few years. Not just the last, um, you know, <laughs> yeah. year and a half you've been in the National League as well. But um, were there points as well, even when the consortium were in talks as well, that you actually thought this isn't going to come off?
4: Oh yeah, for sure. We we had learned anything that Ron Martin's involved in. Um, you, until it's done, it's not done and there was you know at, at the trust so i joined the i joined the board of the trust in may this year and we've spent most of most of that time and a few months before that trying to work on roping in other organizations that could potentially help the club and and save the club and and we were looking at um we were looking at borrowing money from south end council having that match funded nationally uh, under the community ownership fund which is what the berry supporters trust did to buy back gig lane And we were looking at trying to raise about 4 million quid, which would have at least secured, it would have at least taken Roots Hall into fan ownership. And at that point, that doesn't necessarily save the club per se. uh, But at that point, you then have all of the um, costs associated with potentially forming a Phoenix club covered because you at least own some sort of assets in there and you could and you could attract people in so it's been it's been a really really long year and there was there was no it's not to say there was no fair there was always hope but there was no expectation that anything was going to run smoothly so we've been we've been working um uh like blue arse fies for like the whole the whole year really trying to make sure that should the natural sort of organic process of selling a football club fail because it did earlier on in the summer when kimura approached ron um That there was some sort of safety net whereby the fans could do it. Other fans have done it. There's loads of examples of supporters' trusts like Swansea, Exeter. uh, I think Wickham did it as well. There's loads of of um, supporters' trusts that either that, that took control of the club at the last minute. And and you know we di- we didn't want to do that. We didn't want the points deduction. We didn't want. You know, I got a full time job. I don't want to have to rebuild a football club. <laughs> it's, a, it's a nightmare. I don't want to have to do that. I like my job. Um, but but if we had to, you know, we we needed to make sure that we were in the best possible position to hit the ground running with that sort of thing. So it's been it's been a long year, but I think that it looks like we've got the best of both worlds in that regard.
1: Yeah, definitely hasn't come to that, which is which is obviously great as well. And we've got to mention the, you know, fantastic work Kevin Mayer, Darren Curry, and Mark Bentley have done on the pitch. You know, at times you've had one substitute to pick from. Um, there hasn't even been, you know, drawing straws or anything like that, and I'm surprised to be honest. Actually, the three of them didn't re-register themselves as players.
4: Yeah, we've had, we've not, we've not played a single league game this year where we've been able to field a full bench. So we've always had a space on the bench for every single game so far this season. What the coaching staff and what, to be honest with you, what all the staff at the club have done, playing, coaching, and then the and then all the non-playing and backroom staff, mm. part-time, full-time, everybody has done. Everybody is bound together and really been galvanized by this. And without wanting to blow smoke up the arse of the fans too much, like the fans have done their bit as well. There was all the roots already stuff um in July in order for various safety certificates to be issued by the council. Um there have been fundraising drives to pay staff wages. So I think there's been a real an enormous collaborative effort between everybody people that don't support support Southend have been giving us money we've had um chairman of York City gave us 10 grand for a for a hardship fund we've had American Wrexham fans donate for the the players GoFundMe that was um done in October of 22 or November of 22 whatever it was so all of these people that are associated with South End have worked tremendously hard. But as you say, I think you probably have to look at Kev, um Mark and Darren and just it, it's astonishing the performances that they have inspired from those players on the pitch. Like I say, a couple of players on non contract terms there who is insured if they get a leg breaking challenge, is their insurance going to cover them? Mm-hmm. I would I wouldn't have thought so. <laughs> you know, and, and yet Jack Bridge has got something like twelve assists and goals this season it's it's astonishing um they've re- they've inspired everybody and i think that there is unlike anything i i have ever seen there is like a a real dynamic now between fans and players and you can see that everybody at the club is is pulling together it's it's been an astonishing thing to witness really that they they are all a tremendous credit to themselves and to the town
1: absolutely yeah i don't i don't think there's much more any one of them could have done you know this season to uh, to get yourselves any further to where you are. So now now we're now we're back on the uh, on the good side, um, shall we say? What are you hoping for for the future? Short term, medium, long term.
4: Well, I think long term is uh, long term is just stability. Long term is to just operate like a normal football club again. To just enjoy going to games. To not have to worry about looking up the listing at Bazard and Crown Court to see who's who's trying to take some money off of us. Um. Long-term would be the redevelopment of the stadium. Long-term would be promotion. I think in the short term, it will be interesting to see now that, you know, the shackles are off. It'll be interesting to see what the transfer em- or the lack of transfer embargo brings about in terms of personnel. I personally think that we'll just carry on doing what we're doing and we'll probably just look to make astute signings that raise the sort of overall quality of the squad. Um, Quality, versatility, um, you know, all of those sorts of things. I think we'll be looking for players with resale value, exactly the sort of thing that we've done already. Medium term, be really interesting to see if we can, if we can climb the table. Um, you know, anyone could be anyone in this division. So if we, if we could, we are looking at the table now, we're 10 points off of the playoff spots. Rochdale in seventh with 41 points. We're in 15th with 31. And that tells you, Without that ten point deduction, you know, yeah, and still having not been able to field a full bench all season, we would be in the playoff spots. We'd be above Rochdale on goal difference at this stage. So there's definitely a team there. There's definitely some some players in there who are are playing above above this division. Um, so I don't know. Medium term, we could do it I, if we if we don't go up this year. Sorry, if we if I I would like to I would like us to have a bit of ambition and to try and to try and sneak into the playoffs. And then if you look at the teams um that we've played so far this season we've beaten uh Solihull we've beaten Chesterfield we've beaten Oldham. So at that point you know it, anything could we didn't beat, we didn't beat Barnet you'll notice I didn't mention that <laughs> one.
1: um
4: but we could you know a- anything could happen at that at that point of the season so I wouldn't rule anything out if we if we can get there. Um <clears throat> but if we don't if you look at the teams coming down from League Two, it looks likely to be—is it Sutton and you'll have to remind me? I know Cole, you were down there, but it's Sutton and it's Forest Green, isn't it?
1: That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
4: and then coming up, obviously Scunthorpe and Yeovil will make the league a lot stronger. They both look a lot more stable um, in the last few months as well. Uh, but with Chesterfield gone, you have to assume that they're going to—they're going to make it out. Um, the league is a little bit more open. For us, and I and I would I would start to expect to see us look for a place in the top three next season if if we can't get out this year, um, and I don't I don't expect that this year, but it would be nice. But I I would expect that next season because I think that summer recruitment, all all of those things that we've done wrong. As you said, it's been for, it's been for more than just the last couple of years. Recruitment has been so poor with us. We have done so much recruitment towards the back end of August, where you know rooting around yeah. the bargain bins and stuff like that. But if you if we you know if we are a modern forward looking club with a modern forward looking structure with an exciting manager, and we're and we are some of your listeners won't like this. I'm sorry, but if we are a big fish in a in this pond, then we're an attractive proposition to players that want to make a career and want to make a career in the Football League. And if we can pitch that to the right players and if we can find the right players and if they want to come on board and they want to give their all and work as hard as some of the other players we've had come in, we will get there. So, yeah, see see how we go in the medium term. But I really expect us to be uh, pulling up trees next year.
1: Absolutely brilliant. Liam, great to have you on again. Fantastic. We finally got towards happy ending that Scunthorpe, thought- fans themselves got uh, this year as well and good luck for the rest of the season and hopefully if we ever have you on again it's not for anything bad
4: i think this is i hope this is the last page on that chapter um but it's it's really it feels very optimistic so it's it's been really great to come back on thanks for having me
1: brilliant thanks Liam
2: really good news to hear uh, Liam Liam buzzing right now as uh, as i'm sure any south end united fan it, it's good guys because you don't want to see another club go under because of bad management and bad practice, because you're seeing it more and more. I yeah. mean, there's. I mean, look. I mean, we're talking about it again with Chris in a minute, obviously North Shields, a different level and everything, in South End, but mm. you know, nearly went under. There's other, is it mask at the moment of possibly, I've just, yeah, it, yeah, I've got yeah. to say mask. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure there are some others we've seen over the Christmas period, or there will be, but mm. it, it just like, you know, it just breaks your heart. Like I, I've felt it nearly with, uh, chelton you know over the years because i felt like our owners i know chris you probably maybe not felt going to, but cowboys running the club at sunderland you see it happen yeah. all the time my friend's a swindon fan they're they look like odds on to probably get relegated the way their form's going at the moment you know they're recalling players like ricky Aguirre, who played for worthing um on loan they're recalling him putting him on the bench they haven't got a clue and he said he thinks if they went down to the national league they could, their time could be up because the owner sort of, he, he was all song and dance when he came in. I think he's Australian or something, the owner of Swindon, all song and dance. And then he seems to bugger it off and no one hears from him anymore.
3: Yeah. Again, it... some of it, it obviously is mismanagement. But the worrying thing for me now is it's technically, in a lot of these cases, it's not mismanagement. It's, I suppose, it's mismanagement in by the league and FA hierarchies. Um, putting pressure on clubs to get facilities in place and do things that they're not materialistically cut out to do. You know, trying to climb the pyramid, but they haven't got the the resources to do it, but they've got no choice but to climb. You know, it's compulsory promotion, which means compulsory ground improvements and things like that. And clubs just haven't got the cash. So there's a whole myriad of reasons. You know, yes, we've had some terrible owners, But, you know, the teams that we've just mentioned there, some of them haven't been terrible owners. They've just been victims of their own success.
2: Well, they've often said, haven't they, that promotion is almost like a punishment in some cases. I I know we spoke about it a couple of years ago when, you know, whatever sort of the behind it, reasoning behind it, obviously Peter Crouch went to Dulwich Hamlet. And they were saying because they've got that sort of... And they're well-known and sort of brag about this sort of hipster culture that they like. They've got craft breweries, uh, Dulwich Hamlets, Ground. You know, if they went up to the National League, they're, they're, they've gone the opposite way, unfortunately, for them. Mm. Um, probably good for their coffers, but they wouldn't be able to sell beer pitch side view. And, you know, OK, it's not just beer. You've seen other things, you know, Worthing experienced it last season. They said if we didn't have certain things done by March, we could... Maybe not into the playoffs, which would be a travesty to the hard work that's done on the pitch, and you know clubs can't always afford it, and it is a punishment. And some of the things you think—is it really necessary at this level of football? It might be yeah. nice, but is it necessary?
3: In in some ways, it's not necessary. If it is necessary, there should be more money coming from above to filter down. Um, I, I saw an advert in was it the non-league paper? I don't, um, well, if you're going to improve your ground, you know, the pitch side railings, 30k mm. plus. Mm. I mean, goodness me, where, where are clubs going to get this kind of cash from? Um, it's a nonsense. And um, it's it's going to happen more and more and more and more. It's not going to end un, un, unless there is support for clubs. Because if they, if you're going to have compulsory promotion, surely there has to be some kind of support to help these clubs. Otherwise, they're just going to go... Basically, the clubs are going to go back... Do what Mask have done, and resign from the league, and they'll, they'll, they'll go again from a two or three, four levels below. Maybe just stick to those levels, which is a shame because they were really doing all they could to to do well in that in that in, in that league.
2: So let's talk about Mask then. What what's actually gone on for the people that don't know? Chris, over to you, Mandy, because it's up your
3: part so, of the world. I don't know everything, you know. No, of I, course, I'm not part of there, but but basically, Mask have climbed. From the Northern League uh, like Mm -hmm. Southfields did um, with tremendous management on the field Carl Jarrett had been there for many years and they'd climbed from the Northern League into the Northern Premier League East and then got promoted to the Northern Premier League Premier but their ground was was nowhere near the level it should have been technically um, for Northern Premier League so they had to Put in lots of ground improvements, and there were more to come. So basically, they've had to spend a lot of money, and they got well, basically had no money left. So they made a, and they announced a share issue, and which was going very successfully. But unfortunately, they didn't inform the FA and they didn't inform the Northern Premier League. So basically, they were changing the club's constitution mid-season, which really you're not meant to do. So the league uh, removed their license. So they couldn't play. Um, all in all, when it comes down to it, they got the licence back. But basically, they needed £120,000 to see them through to the end of this season in northern in the Northern Premier League. They had two weeks to do it. And um, sadly, although they did get a lot of support and a lot of support, it just wasn't enough. So they decided to resign from the league. There's be no more football for them this season, although the ground will be in use because they're... Um, the junior teams are going to be playing there, so there's still going to be football played on the ground, so they've got some income that way. But they've just cut their cloth. They've decided, no, we can't do it, and we've resigned. So it's a huge shame um, that forward-thinking clubs who are doing their very, very best to progress just simply can't do it. And the and clubs have been... A, and then you look at North Shields, same thing's happened there. Trying to improve the ground. There's a, lot, there's a little bit more to it with the, with the management of the club. I can't get it don't know the ins and outs, but the, the outgoing chairman. I think he's left a bit of a pit storm. Um, so they've had to basically get rid of the whole playing staff and management staff. And they've restarted with uh, Brian Smith in charge, who used to be assistant manager at South Shields. And um, they have brought in two or three players who clearly are very, very good players like Celine Mason they'll get a little bit of money but they've got nine South Shields Academy players on loan so um, they, they're going again luckily they've made it be able to maintain their league status and they're going it, going again but with a well obviously a makeshift squad it's, it's desperate it's good, good but it's desperate yeah. you know this shouldn't be happening but it is
2: Can you see it happening after this season you obviously got the line players and I guess it depends on the league finish doesn't it?
3: Yeah, better league finish. I mean, you know, it wasn't so long ago, you know, North Shields were in the Northern Premier League setup and because they're trying to improve the ground, it's cost them so much money really that they simply don't have. Crowds have dropped because Newcastle are successful. So when South Shields I remember I remember going there in twenty seventeen and they had a few hundred of the old Newcastle Ultras following them. Um, but obviously a lot of them have gone back to St James's Park because, you know, they're doing. Mike Ashley's gone, so, um, so their crowds, I think, have kind of halved. So it's just not sustainable. Um, and like, but again, thankfully, they've managed to survive. And you do what you have to do. But this is just going to be. The, there's going to be a tsunami of clubs in this position because of the of the structure. If you are, if you have to get, if you have to accept promotion, and you have to put ground improvements in. But you can't afford them what
2: are you going to do you know well that's kind of a question I think you put out there like Trev if if you're, if you're in charge of a club like that what what would you suggest like, that can be done to help these clubs I mean I mean yeah money from above helps but then you get the Premier League coming out saying why should we support you know you've, they've been quite open about it for why should we pay all this money down to non-league and that's because it's the foundations of the game but what would you do yeah
1: The ground grading's is the difficult part, yeah. I think, um, with how much they ask clubs to do by March rather than you've got a year and a half, so you've got to do it by the following March. That gives you time to get your planned permission in because, I mean, there's clubs as well that I've seen um, last week, I think it is, 90, 97 clubs at Step 7 have applied to join the pyramid at Step 6. Um, and I can't think, I think it's in... I'm sure I saw in Kent five of the clubs have applied to go up. Now, if they want to go up, they have to have the ground ready by March in two months' time. So they would have applied before Christmas. They probably would have known just before, but they've got three months to make themselves comply. Now, obviously, when they step up into step six, it's got to be lights, it's got to be turnstiles, it's got to be in a boxed-in turnstile, you've got to have this, you've got to have that you've got to be able to do this, you've got to be able to do that and a lot of those clubs are coming off of park pitches and pitches will have just roped it round. they've not had to deal with any of this sort of stuff some of them some of them will be progressive enough and have a committee and a chairman that knows what they're doing but not not everybody will and effectively like I think, Mask of Village side, aren't they Chris as well? More or less, Yeah. yeah, yeah. absolutely which is a lot of what these sides are going to be. They're coming up from 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 step seven as well. So, you know, if you look, if you go back, the likes of North Ferriby, the likes of Histon. I mean, Histon rose all the way up to the to the conference, but they're a village side. There's no yeah. way at any point that they're going to sustain themselves. Eventually, the bubble was going to burst. But it's how you protect those clubs if they do come up so they can sustain themselves. Chances are, a lot of them won't just literally because. Their catchment area is is so small. Be like where I am in Yapton, starting to rise through the you know off the West Sussex into the county league and that they're not going to be able to su- su- sustain themselves. But it's possible to do it if you get a team that wins games of football on the on the pitch. I'm um, you know, beyond helping those that are able to sustain themselves with the ground grading stuff, so it's not quite so tough first when you go. Um, I, I I don't know. I'm not sure what else you can do. Um, those village type clubs are going to come up with those problems all the time, unless you've got a sugar daddy that's going to bankroll you for the next fifty to a hundred years. Forest Green, yeah, for, Forest Green, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Forest Green's another example. It is a tiny, tiny little village. I've, I've been down there two or three times to Barnet play. Um, you know, at some stage, that's you know, Dalvin's goes. You know, do the wheels fall off then? I'm not really sure what the answer is.
3: Yeah, another thing obviously is player wages. So um, because of the astronomic levels of money in the Premier League, a lot of youngsters who are being released by Premier League clubs who have gone through the academy system and they've gone through the under-23 system, a lot of them have been on astronomical money, pro rata for their age, etc. So their expectation is grossly ahead of what clubs in non-league can afford so you've got so they've got agents so clubs at, at say our levels are dealing with agents where 30 30 to 40 years ago they didn't um, so the the premier league not wanting money to filter down unfortunately it's a double edged thing because the money that the players want is filtering down so you've got players who want big money and to stay full time, but there are only there are only so many clubs who can afford that and other clubs who might want to try and get these players are pushing the boat out to get them mm. and are, are in trouble so it, it it's a there's a whole host of different things that are causing problems um ground gradings, you know player wages some of the money that players ask for is absolutely ludicrous. It's the same in, in club cricket you know up here in the Northeast the Northeast Premier League in club cricket, players are on hundreds of pounds a week when when I played 35 years ago you had one overseas pro and that was it. nobody else got paid they might got a little bit of incentive money. So it's it's and, and there's cricket clubs nearly gone out of business so it's the expectation um, the Premier League don't want money to filter down. why should we look after them? Well they're actually creating another problem because they're paying these young kids so much that when they actually leave their auspices and have to come down in the non league, they actually want professional um football league and Premier League money. So it's there's a there's a, we could be, we could go on all night with this actually. Yeah. <laughs> but but
2: Chris Chris Guys, does 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 this start from you know all above because obviously back in the day youth players players coming up would have to clean boots at professional clubs mm-hmm. and yeah. that showed respect that showed you know all sorts money and everything mm-hmm. like that and now they're not uh so that you've got these kids at like 14 on 15 they're on a few probably some some of them are probably on, on all of us put together in this room right now um is that where it starts, do you think? And these other players look up and they think, well, I'm playing football. I should be getting, you know, I can, I can do this. I can do that. You know, sure, I should be getting a grand a week at non-league or something like that, or 100, 50, 150, 300, 400 quid, whatever it is. With that sort of attitude, I was like, I'm so sorry. What makes you believe you're worth that? I think I think. that sounds like a miserable old
0: git. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a generational thing. I think James, you're about a similar sort of age as me. I think we're probably the last generation that would probably work hard for, I was, I was paid three pounds an hour in my first ever job at 15. Can you see a 15 or 16 year old nowadays going out and getting paid three pounds an hour?
5: Absolutely
0: not. I, mm. I did anything to have my own money um, rather than take it off, off my parents. So,
5: But
3: guys, you just have to look at some of the, some of the figures that come out, you know, of annual at the end of the financial year, of clubs, uh, the um, agent fees, you know, at National League North and South mm-hmm. level and below Northern Premier League level, absolutely ridiculous, you know, agents fees. Um, um, I spoke to the, the, a guy we had at South Shields last season, like called Joe Monks, who um, is involved in player recruitment, et cetera, et cetera. And he just said to me in the summer, you know, unfortunately it's about money. It's about money. If you have, if if you want the players, you're going to have to pay them, and and the, so the the players hold all the aces, don't they? Mm, and it's yeah. the club that have to mop up when it goes wrong.
2: I wonder if we'll ever see a sort of complete re, you know, a whole re- overhaul of the football system in the UK because the way it's going, it's just going to get worse and worse. If we, you know, this this seems to me to be the sort of tip of the iceberg with all of these yeah. clubs going. And, you know, we're going to see, we, we said it, and we, we sadly, over, over the sort of three, four years we've been doing this podcast, we've we've seen clubs go, sadly, be reformed, what, what, what not. But are we going to start seeing more and more because of things like this, players demanding salaries, you know, we're going to see that Premier League is going to become, well, it already is kind of uncompetitive anyway, but you're going to see that in most of the leagues, it's going to come down to the national you I mean you look at the National League already how many you know is it only two clubs in the National League that aren't full time now? Mm-hmm. Comparing yeah, that to
1: Yeah, three. Three that have, that comp-
2: comparing that to ten years ago?
1: Yeah, uh, you probably had half the league were full time, the other half weren't yeah.
2: My point exactly
0: I,
1: um,
2: when
0: you look I, at um, yeah. I'm sorry. when you it's look really at someone boy, oh, like what? um Eastbourne Borough is just putting a head of recruitment who is ex-Brighton, ex-Man United and ex-Liverpool recruitment. He's <laughs> sort of... That's where non-league's
3: going, isn't it? Yeah. It's going to come to a point where the way it's going, if, if we continue along this pathway, you're going to need billionaire owners at National League North and South level to be competitive. Mm.
1: Yeah. It's...
2: I don't know. It's, it's sad, but you know. I, it's, I mean, we'll do this podcast for however long we do it for, and you know, I'm sure we'll the whole. It will. It, it'll be national league north and south soon. will be all majority full time. Give it five years. You know, we, if we yeah, we if we if we if we happen to be doing this podcast in ten years, you can look back and think, hang on a second. There we were talking ten years ago about national league. Now every every team but one in the national side, even Nibbin League, could be full time, and. Is this going to be a problem for football? And you are really going to have start having problems with lower down clubs and clubs like Mask and you know well, North that, Shields.
3: I'd like to think that in ten years' time things will be better and people will turn around and say we were talking absolute shite. I'd love that. <laughs> what
2: well, is that? Is that also when when I've been to Turkey and got my hair transplant as well? It might look a bit
3: better. <laughs> yeah, so I
0: think I've been honest with you. They're all telling us we're talking absolute shite. Anyway.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah,
3: probably.
2: That's normal. yeah. That's normal. Um, right. I think it's time for a bit of club roundups, and we were touching on North Shields and being saved by um, South Shields. And Chris, mm. I, I know we've had conversations on the group over the Christmas period. South Shields are now managerless. Well, sorry, have you, are you still managerless, or have you got an yeah, interim, got interim where...
3: manager? So yep. Elliot Dickman, who's former um, head of academy at Sunderland and head of their development at Newcastle, he's and he's he's currently the academy manager at South Shields. Um, he's interim manager and Lee Pickton, who is our sporting director, former chief executive, former co-manager, former coach, former player. Um, he is his interim assistant. So um, it, ju- it, it just came to a head on Boxing Day. Unfortunately, um, we stank the place out against Blythe Spartans on Boxing Day. Clearly, there was a complete and total, you know, um, not meltdown, but it was a, it was a it was just it was just misfitted um boxing day. We were awful. Um there was no spark, no drive, no energy, no desire, and that was on and off the pitch. Um so the decision had to be made. It was clear it was gone, it had gone very, very wrong very quickly. Um whether it had been going wrong for weeks prior to that, I don't know, but clearly it had gone very, very wrong. And so the decision was made. And then we went to Blythe on the Saturday. Put in an excellent an excellent twenty minutes and then went back to type. Um, so it's it's a tough time. It's all people might say it's it's coincidence, but of course the club's up for sale. Um, is the is the chairman going to continue backing until the sale? Is he not? Because of course you know you're, you're, you're talking six figure sums that he has to inject because of the fact that we are full time. Um, me, I mean Ronnie and I, hopefully, are going to be doing a Mariners podcast in the next couple of weeks uh, because Ronnie's more or less fitting well again. But uh, so I don't want to like kind of go too far into it. But um, it's 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 not something's not right. Um, and it, it's it's clear that what's going on, what's going on off the pitch. It, it's easy for them to say, oh, it's it's not affecting us on the pitch, but something is. Something is because it's the so, energy, so and, weird, yeah. Well, the energy and the spark that was there in the first 10 weeks, you know, um, it was just hasn't been there. And, and one of the things, uh, so I, I believe that we've gone too big too quickly, full time when we didn't need to, big news stand when really at the level we were at, we didn't need it. Now is the time that we should have been thinking about going full-time, having got to National League North. Now is the time we should have been thinking about building a new stand because we're in National League North. But all these things are in place. And yes, COVID did hit us and hurt us badly, but didn't have to do those things, didn't have to go full-time, didn't have to build a new stand. And unfortunately, um, that is going to ultimately perhaps cripple us because the the chairman has paid for all of that, and he can't keep paying for it forever. So, the um, the fact is, un- unless there's a a very rich man or woman or um, consortium that's going to come in and be able to ship, you know, pay millions for the club and then shell out half a million a year, then we're in a bit of stuck. It's I mean it is it's, it's going to.
2: I really thought because I was kind of obviously saw your confidence at the beginning of the season, you know, new league, and you finally got to where you belong, and you just seemed to be like on cloud nine. And I really, and you said in the chat, you'd be, you'd be, you'd be now be be happy if a mid table finish the way it's gone.
3: Yeah. Well, for the first time ever, uh, last week, um, I looked at how far we were away from the relegation zone. And happily, we're 10 points clear of it. That's the way I'm looking at it at the moment. I haven't, I'm not looking at the top anymore. Um, there are players in the club who aren't good enough. There are players in the club who I don't believe care enough. Um, and again, it goes back to what we were saying 10 minutes ago about players, you know, getting so much money. And because they hold the aces, they can just do basically bot all and pick up a wage. So, um, I'm not saying that the attitudes of all the players are bad, I'm not, but there are players in that group who aren't good enough or appear to not care enough and um, we've got players out on loan who may not be quite the level we want them to be but they do care and would give 110% if they were in a Shield shirt. So we're, we're paying these players, we're paying the lads who are out on loan as well. Yes, some of the wages will be covered, but they are better than what we've got in some places, yet they can't play for us. Um, so it's gone very wrong very quickly. I, hope, I mean, you know, it's a blip. Um, but, I mean, there's only 1,700 there on Saturday, yes. Newcastle played Sunderland, so we knew it was going to be low. In fact, there was I, I felt there was less than 1,700 there anyway, so the atmosphere was pretty flat. Um, it needs a spark of something, and hopefully it might come tomorrow night which is Tuesday night away at the Bishop Stortford, bottom of the league. So who knows? But there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes. Um, and I know there's one There's one or two people have lost their jobs. Um, so it hasn't been a very um, stable ship, shall we
2: say. Hmm. And uh, what, what were your thoughts on Julia Raka? Did you think he... I mean, you were kind of dubious about him at first, but yeah. do, do you still think he was the wrong person for the job?
3: Yeah, I think... Um, Clearly wasn't really cut out for it. Um he's, he's doing his best. And um, there was one there was a moment, there was one of the turning points in my view was a, a way to Chorley. Um I'm told John Lafudu, the right back, was late either for the bus or in arriving at Chorley. And he was dropped and put on the bench. Which is fair enough. Fair enough, that's discipline, you know, you're late, you know. But then he was on the bench again for another two or three games. And in one of those games, which was away to Southport, it was crying out for width on the right and pace on the right because they were really Southport were really poor on the left flank, defensively and offensively. And he didn't bring him on. And I felt then that, is it just stubbornness? And clearly it wasn't. Well, yes, sorry, clearly it was. He wanted to make a point on discipline. But I believe in that game, if that's the case, Julio Arga cost us three points. He cost it if he didn't bring John Lafudo on that game for disciplinary reasons, but because he you know the lad was on actually on the bench, then I believe he cost us three points. We were sat in the stand and all it needed was pace on the right, and he didn't didn't bring it on. So maybe then he'd lost the dressing room a little bit then, maybe. What that do you think will come point. of him? Um, I just think he I mean he's, he does a, he does coaching locally with um former Shields manager John King he'll do that he might do a little bit at Sunruns Academy and that's enough I believe he's got little bits and pieces in Argentina that tick him over Um, but I don't think he'll manage again certainly not at the level that he's managed at there Um, lovely lad club legend will always be a legend at South Shields always he was a catalyst from in many ways where we are now but sadly it wasn't meant to be as a manager
2: and you don't think he's tarnished that then?
3: No, no, no! You'll always be no, all. no, 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 not at all. But you know, you had that, and then you had Hartlepool, Spennymoor, Darlington—all <laughs> um, in the managers. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but just before we move on from South Shields and onto that, Chris, what
3: anyone lined up that you think might be coming in? No, there's nobody, because then you're just going to have that merry-go-round that we mentioned in the pot in the chat group. It's like it's like remember the old Premier League merry-go-round with Alan Pardew, Alan. Um, with Sam Allardyce, Sam Allardyce Mark Poole, <laughs> uh, um, Alan Kirbishley, It was just like, they went from club to club and they just mm. got it around, you know, Palace, Everton, all these mm. different clubs. D- don't you it's talk down happen. about
2: my Alan Kirbishly, don't yeah, you? Yeah,
3: well, now yeah, you've yeah. got Steve, Steve Watson who's now gone to, uh, you know, Darlington and the lad from Mask has now gone to Spennymoor and it, it, it's, you know, so the, and Graeme Fenton who was left Blythe, obviously, he, I, I, I believe... I believe he um doesn't want to manage. That's the reason why he's not at Blythe. That he, he wasn't enjoying management, wanted a different role, perhaps in recruitment or something like that. Mm. And there wasn't a role there for him. So hence he's on gardening leave. So he's not in the frame. Um i will be happy to say still- No, thank you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Is he still unemployed? Um, yeah. I f- yeah. I forgot I forgot about him. Yeah. <laughs> he left he left uh, for bigger and better things and he's gone nowhere. He doesn't need to work. He's a multi-millionaire. Would, would, would you though. have him back, no. though, if he put his no. name in? You wouldn't, no? No. No. Really? No. Never go back. No, Never I agree. I agree I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, I think once a man has gone...
3: Un, until... Because there's rumours that Shields are going to go part-time next year. So... Uh, really? Next season, sorry.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, wow.
3: Rumours they'll step back. But I'm not sure they'll be able to or not because they've going international academy. So... I'm not I think there might be a rule in some of you got an International Academy, you've got to be full-time but anyway. Um there has been rumors, um, but rumors are rumors, it's just gossip and speculation. But until the the actual future of the club off the field is secured, it would be remiss, it would be silly for any manager to go in. Surely mm. I mm. I wouldn't. Um mm. And just, I think, with Elliot Dickman and Lee Pickton there, the two good football men, renowned coaches, renowned coaches, let them get on with it and see where we are come April, May.
2: Well, it sounds like it could be a, a cause of a lot of subjects on the PNLP, not not even mentioned that you're one of the contributors to the podcast. It sounds like over the next few months, Shields could be keeping us very busy if uh, you know, r- rumours of this part-time with new ownership, new management, you know, who would have fought it, a hey, Trev and Gas? Who would have fought it?
0: <laughs> I thought I'd have been the most stable, to be honest yeah, with you. And absolutely. Like...
2: <laughs> what What could our new question be for Chris? <laughs> Will South Shield still sh- be in business by the end of the season? <laughs> hey, I South Shields yeah. getting
3: relegated. Be careful! Hey, many a true word spoken in jest, James.
2: you know i love shields really but no it's gonna be it it, but the thing is 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 the worrying thing and you know i'm i'm a fan from the outside i'm not passionately linked to a club like you are but you know Obviously, we always want Shields to do you know, that's how we came to do this podcast. And Absolutely. it does worry. It does worry when I mean, any sort of ownership ups out. I mean, it'd be the same if George Dale decided to step away from Worthing, for example. Yeah. We'd all be, George Dale MBE, I should say, uh, yes. be, uh, um, <laughs> taken away from um, that. But uh, well, it'll be interesting to see, as we say. I think it's going to keep a lot of subjects for us in the next few months, forgetting that Chris is uh, a Shields fan. I think it will be interesting for the whole non-league world, um, because I don't do think see? we'll be seeing promotion this season from you.
3: We won't, but it just goes to prove just how precious it is, you know, how delicate, how delicately poised football clubs are. That if one thing changed, the whole can kin- thing can come cascading down, you know. Yeah. Um, you just, you're just a, a flick of a switch away, really.
2: And I have to say, do you think JJ Hooper listens to our podcast
3: by any chance? Uh, <laughs> no, he doesn't. He does listen to our lot, giving him dogs abuse and Cedric Main. Given dogs abuse,
5: oh, and, mate. They
3: both, and they both turn around and score, and then just go.
5: <laughs>
3: I mean, I you like found, although you can't stand him, you probably wanted to applaud him. And go yeah, eight, he, you know. He actually, he went up one percent in the estimation because he kept his cool.
2: <laughs> what was the percent
3: he, before? <laughs> um, zero. <laughs> so he's gone. He's one percent. But like he's Uber rating. <laughs> So so Hooper, you know, took his goal brilliantly proving that he is a tremendous striker when he wants to be, which is all the more, more frustrating because you know he can be, but he's not generally interested. Mm. But he was interested. You knew he, 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 he specifically warmed up right in front of the, the gaggle of fans who were giving him dog's abuse. He took it. He was really calm and he let the football do the talking, you know, and Cedric Nain did the same. But, of course, Cedric Nain does that. And now he's gone back to York, back to his parent club. Shame he couldn't be that more professional when he played for Shields, mate. He might
2: have been yeah. a star, you know. Maybe, well, he's, learned,
3: maybe he's learning. Well, no, the, the pair of them proved what they continue to do. They'll play when they want to, um, and when they want to, they are a force to be reckoned with. Mm. Um, but, you know, you, players like JJ Hooper don't apply the trade of Blythe Spawns at the age of twenty-eight without having made mistakes elsewhere, and you know the clubs higher up the pyramid have worked them out. And that's why they're stealing money where
2: they are. 100%. Now, moving on from Shields, um, Trev, uh, Barnett, uh, as you said, you had a three from three at Christmas and no goals conceded. Happy New Year to you.
1: And uh, <laughs> what, are your thought? what are your thoughts on Barnett? Uh, well, we did all right until we played Ultingham on Saturday and then gave them a three nil lead start and only got two back. So, I um, uh, don't know. We came out the blip nicely with a six nil win against Boran Wood. Um, <laughs> what?
2: Boring, what you call it? Boring, yeah.
1: They were From all accounts, they weren't very good. They finished with ten. Went to Southend on the telly on Boxing Day and um, silenced their little uh, party, which was kind of nice because there was a bit of a cock-up with the tickets. Um, we'll say this then, after
2: Liam's being on, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, and uh, and then we played them again four days later and beat them again, one 0 So. Nine point Christmas, nine goals, none conceded. Lovely, and then we go and sign a keeper on loan, and then promptly let three in. But before anyone says anything, I haven't I haven't seen the goals yet. But from what I've seen, they're not directly down to him. There's a couple couple of indirect moments, but um, yeah, we're still hanging in there in third. Just.
2: Do you think that could be our new question? Will Barnet get promoted, Trev? Will mm-hmm. Barnet get promoted? What is um, your answer? What's your answer on this first new year
1: 2024 podcast? Depends on this month. No no, 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 it doesn't depend. It's a yes or a no. It does. It does. It no. depends on this month. <laughs> we oh, never get we never gave that option you know. to
2: Chris. It was yes or no to Chris, so you've got to copy him. <laughs> I got a better
0: uh, question to ask Trev. That? Will Barnett get a decent burger? Oh, oh, yeah, got goes. new caterers He's announced. To...
1: New caterers announced
2: today. Yeah, I saw that. Was uh, yeah. it's not Gaz it's not Gaz's firm then, no?
0: I
1: guess it's oh, no, new no, caterers, so chips and pies are coming back um they're doing pie and mash as well so' uh, they're um, new in as we're recording on the Monday so we're we're at home tomorrow night on the Tuesday so I shall be taste testing the burger um and uh we'll see how see how good it is Think post a picture on uh
2: post a picture on our pnlp, mm. at, PNLP at the Pnlp oh we will do yeah you like a good away day burger we, um, like a good burger. we do diet. We do, we do, we do, we do.
1: So, me so, so, instead. so overall you're quite happy then with
2: what's happened over Christmas period.
1: Yeah, I mean we're still punching a little bit. We should be in the playoffs sort of between fourth and seventh, I thought this year was where we should be. And that's where we were last year. So we are we're year in front, but we need um need to need to get another two or three out the door and get a little bit more quality in. Um we signed Jordan. Maguire drew from the Oval on loan for the season a few weeks ago. He's here yeah, since he was 18 at Worthing. Um, and he's already put a little bit of quality in so far off the bench. So I'm actually hoping he starts tomorrow evening. Um, but we just need another another two or three like that, I think, and then we'll we'll stay the pace then for, for third. But, well, well be, definitely be between us and Bromley. Um, no one... I've seen a few of my lads have put some predictions out in our group today, and none of them have gone beyond Bromley and Barnet for second and third. So
5: mm.
2: it's going to be interesting cool. because because mm. this is like I always find New Year. I mean, as we said, the Christmas period went so bloody quick. You always feel it's like mm. that period from sort of Halloween onwards. It's like the build up to it. The day comes, it goes just like that. and Then about yeah. the gooch, the gooch, and then your New Year, mm. and then we're uh, we're into the season. I find this is when it sort of accelerates, and next thing we know, we'll be talking about playoffs and, you know, championships yeah. and trophies and promotions, and it just seemed January, I mean, we're already a week into January, the time this comes out, you'd be two weeks nearly into January, you know, we're we sort of, we are fast-forwarding, and before we know it, we'll be talking about the business end, because business end, I'd say, always sort of, you start, the league starts shaping up by the end of this month, wouldn't you say? Yeah,
3: yeah. Well, actually, James, you see, it's, it's accelerated. I checked the league tables before Christmas, and there was Worthing out of the playoffs, and then mm. I checked the leagues again at the weekend and for a minute you were third. I was like, where yeah. did that happen? You know, it just happened so rapidly.
2: Yeah. I mean, to be honest, as I was going to mention, we might as well move on to the Worthing sort of stuff now. I, um, This league, I think for the first time, bar Yeovil, and even as I said so just before we came on out to Trev, it's like... Apart from Hampton and Richmond, maybe they're sort of falling into that bracket now. It really is kind of Yovo and the rest of us, because you know our our game. So let's just say, like I've I've seen three over the festive period. I went to um. You feeling I, think all right? I, I know I'm feeling all right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't do any of the gooch though, but you know after that, uh, but we did. What, uh, you were in the country. Yeah, I know. That makes a change, doesn't it? Yeah. But I went to. I think after we last recorded, I went to. Um, the Maidstone at home game where we tanked them 5-1, it could have been a lot more and it was completely different, bearing in mind Eastbourne, sorry bear in mind Maidstone did us 4-0 away earlier in the season and they looked like a very, very strong side to beat them 5-1 so convincingly and it could have seriously, and we always say it could have been more we then go and lose at Hemel Hempstead away the last match before Christmas who were sort of mid to bottom end of the table you know, we've just played absolutely abysmal Um we then thrash Eastbourne, what was it 3-0 on Chris, was it Boxing Day? Mm. Trev, can you remember 3-0? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we beat them on New Year's Day 4-0. So we put seven past inferior our local rivals who are also full-time. And then we lose to Chelmsford, Um, where if you watch Adam Hinchelwood's re- interview after the game, he just and some of the images in the game, he just seemed resigned. And it's like again, this roller coaster up and down, up and down you know, we're getting goals put past us, we're scoring goals. It's like we've got, I think, the second biggest, uh, we've got the best goal difference in the league, second or third or something, but we've conceded so many bloomin' goals, but then again, we're scoring some. So this National South this season just seems crazy. Um, and you're right, Chris, we are, we are well in the playoff zone again. Yeah. But yeah. The, the way it's playing, I think anyone at the moment could get there. I mean, you look, um, between the bottom 20th there's only, there's only fifth from where we are to twentieth is only fifteen points. Yeah, scored it's it's the most goals in the league as well. Yeah, but we've also probably conceded some of the most
0: goals. Is that also, right? No, Farnborough have conceded more than you. Yeah. It,
3: but the I North, mean, the North is um, the same. If you look at the North. Um, if it's a big if, Fields went on a two-three match winning run. they would be back in the playoffs. You know, it, it's um,
2: it's bizarre. But it's also frustrating as, as any team that we look and watch support you know we could have we even drew that game we would have been up to second uh win it you know apparently again I wasn't at the game uh against Chelmsford Chelmsford just jumped above us but we could have so it's a, it's a right top of the table clash but we could have yeah. gone up to second in front of Hampton and Richmond who have been pulled back into it but now there's a gap of three points but I think you overall running away with that I, I mean there's a 10 point gap but it could be 13 point between them and, Hampton by the time they play their game in hand I think we could almost give the title to them now and just play for the playoffs to be honest so I think it's for us Worthing's I think Worthing's aim now would be a home tie to avoid the eliminator I think yeah. that would be the target because that's what Hinch said we finished fourth last year um, was it fourth I think yeah it was fourth last year, fourth and we, last got, year we, yeah. we had to do the eliminator and I mean but if we had, what I mean, it was one game against Taunton I remember Hinch saying to us one game we could have made it uh, as a home second round playoff tie and that's what we're aiming for so second and third I think is achievable Um, he seemed to be a very dismissive about uh, obviously Ricky Agui has gone back to Swindon he was a Worthing sort of played through the Youth Academy, got signed to Swindon, didn't really do much. We loaned him for a whole season. He's now been recalled on their clause that they have halfway through the season, which is a shame because he's scored 10 or 11 goals for us, really important player in midfield. And I think Hint seemed quite resigned for that um, in his interview because he was asked, was there going to be any sign? He goes, don't know, don't know if we've got any money. That was his blunt response, which seemed a bit out of character for us. Mm. Um, I mean, we all think he should recall and, you know, Gaz and Treffy, I think you could probably agree with me. Reese Miles Meekums, who's at Horsham, because he was sort of the player that Ricky was sort of replacing. And I think with him gone, if there isn't any budget, get him back because Reese yeah. is working through and through and he's a great player. We were all very surprised that he went. But I guess with him and Ricky, Ricky probably was a slightly better player. But now Ricky's gone. Get Reese yeah. Miles Meekums back. Um, yeah, Gaz.
0: I haven't seen any of Wurden for <laughs> for a few uh, weeks. A, for a few weeks, having a Waterloo was the last game I went to. So, I'll give you
2: <laughs> need to get you down there
0: again soon, mate. Yeah, January is not going to happen though because um, Christmas um,
2: absolutely destroyed me. Yes, I know. I, I know. <laughs> well, I, I have to say it might have destroyed you, but something that didn't destroy me was Gaz's burger because he won the contract to his work for uh, Eastbourne. But <laughs> it was it was uh, one of the nicest things to come out of that ground that day, apart from a four, five, um, five at five, yeah. no, oh. five four, four nil win. Four, nil. four nil. I oh. Getting all these big scores confused, but yeah, Gaz Gaz quite happily said, and then we were sort of saying the Worthing caused. I, I said Beardy has got to go after that, and you guys, both you and Trev Gaz, you said you were, yeah. you would you'd be very surprised to see it, and literally probably about ten minutes after we were having that conversation, it appeared on their Twitter. I mean, do you think that was the wrong wrong thing to do for Eastbourne Borough?
0: I think in hindsight, I mean they've proven they got a decent result against Torquay at the weekend. Um, so I think actions speak louder than words, but I think Trevor agreed agree. And are, bear in mind, I've got a contractor, so I need to be careful. But I've said it to them. I think that I think the, the, the turning pro in June was, or turning full time in June, is a real factor into why they are where they are. I think Trev probably said the same thing as well. Yeah, you can't,
1: term, you can't turn you can't turn pro when they did, and expect to bring in players that are going to you know, even put you halfway up the league. They were, you know, dealing with the players that no one else wanted, players that were still on trial elsewhere because they weren't good enough to get a full time contract and rather sitting in the bottom four. But I think I think that I think Mark should have had till the end of January transfer windows open in the EFL. The chances are they could have bought in three or four players, especially from the academies that wouldn't have been getting games or they wanted to send out on loan, could have made um a a, you know, a bit of a difference. By the time you get to the end of January, you still got three months left to save the season. I think if it wasn't going to happen by the end of January, it wouldn't have wouldn't have happened. I mean, to be fair, he wasn't going to pick up any results against, excuse me, Worthing at Christmas. So, why do not not just get rid of him before Christmas if that's the way you were going with it? But
0: he was on a ban um, as well, wasn't he on New Year's Day? He wasn't actually in the touch on the touchline. No, he was in what the was crowd. He?
2: Yeah, and mm-hmm. I have to I have to say as well, I spoke to a footballer that we may know quite well in this part of the world. Afterwards, and he's he literally said it to me. He made a mistake, he shouldn't have gone to full time football because it hasn't worked Mm. out for him. Mm. Uh, Trev Gaz, you'll know exactly who I'm talking about, but um, g'day and all that. But you know, um, I think and I can appreciate you know, sometimes you want to further your career. But the clubs you're maybe further in your career with are probably not the right clubs. And I think that's what Worthing are looking at doing. They want to go full time, but they ain't going to do it just yet. They're not going to do it till the moment's right. And I think that's the right attitude to have. It might frustrate the fans. I mean, a lot of the fans, some that will not be named, kick off about, you know, removing the stand behind the goal, which wasn't allowed. But that's all now been put through for planning and it's been approved. Then they're going to do it when they got the money in. And then they'll do the rest of it. Chris?
3: Any fans who are getting frustrated about not going full-time, I'll I'll tell you this. When you're part-time, you've got the opportunity to get the best local players around, Okay, Um, A lot of whom are ex-pros or have played at a good level for several years. When you go full-time, you can't have them because those lads have got jobs. So you you lose the players who are very, very good, and use football as a secondary income. You're then left, and I'd, this is going to come out, this is going to sound awful, but you're left with the dregs of the full-time game. You said that before, Chris, you have said that, yeah. Get you, you, your, the pool of players from which you can pick from becomes very small, and you get, you're getting cast-offs. And cast-offs who are on good money because of what I said earlier about being on good money for for, for several years as kids. So you you, you when South Shields went full time, we lost non-league legends like Phil Turnbull, Lee Mason, Craig Baxter, players who had done it all at the at the top level of non-league football, and and then we get JJ Hooper, Cedric Main. Mitchell, Rose, et al. So be careful what you wish for. Don't get frustrated about not going nah. full-time because it's not the answer at this level.
2: And I do agree I'm, with that. Sorry, guys, go.
0: I'm not saying Eastbourne Borough were wrong to go full-time because actually what they've got down there and what they the, the set-up that they're starting to build is is really good.
2: Oh, it's a great facility. Um,
0: and you've got the club shop outside, you've got a cafe outside, You've got a sports bar that's open every day. Like, oh, guys, can I ask
2: you something there's... there? The club shop is that moved? Because I saw the old one that closed and they're using it as a store room. I didn't even see. Is there one outside there's now? There's one outside around the side. Oh, interesting. You I didn't got know the, that. we got a sports bar entrance, it's on the right hand side. Oh, I didn't know that. Sorry, mate. Go back. Sorry.
0: Um, what they're building and the way they're doing it and the guy that got in charge there is very data driven. I think we were speaking about this the other day, it's very data driven. Um, and the people he's brought in there are good, but as long as he's got the fo- keeps hold of the football people, like we said a couple of episodes ago, was it the last episode, I can't remember it's been that long. And um, we're saying mm-hmm. about keeping football people involved, which they have. Um, the general manager there used to be the chief exec there and the chairman there, so they've got it. They've they've got the right balance there, and I think I think they'll stay up. I think they will have stayed up with Mark Beard, but the guy they brought in from Filed.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I think having that ability and that revenue stream to be able to pay the players and be able to go into the National League North and pick up some players um, will benefit them because they've already signed someone from on on Friday,
2: I think. Yeah, so, I mean, we we don't want them to go down because if we stay there, we're gonna have no Sussex Club around. Yeah, I mean to be honest, haven't I think haven't gone as unless something seriously changes there because they're really down the bottom now, aren't they? Um, in that league, uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I, I'm I I really sort of feel Worthing fans want things. I think. Worthing, as you guys know, have got a core of the squad that is still being built around with Ollie Pierce. You know, Joel Cobran. As you say, they've all got jobs, guys, and I think some of them have got quite well-paid jobs. So they're not going to throw that. And then you know, you start bringing in Chris, as you say, players that just because they say they're full-time, why are yeah. they full-time down in that level? Why, if they're full-time and they're good, why are they down at that level?
3: That's right. And I th- what I will say is that we have got some good pros at sell shields. You know, the recruitment at the start of last season with the likes of Tom Broadbent, Gary Little, Michael Woods, these are good lads, don't get me wrong. I'm not tarring them all with the same brush. But nice. you do end up with these players, the dregs of the of the pro game. You end up with them because there's nowhere else for them to go. And mm. because they've got big club, big name clubs on their CV and agents telling you they can do this, they can do that, clubs will just have to do nothing else but sign them. Mm. Um so stay part-time for as long as physically possible for the yeah. good of your club.
2: 100 percent And guys, you this this festive period you've been to one game. Stavely Miners to... Welfare versus yeah. Rickford.
3: Yeah. Good what game. What was
2: that
0: well. like? What was what what Show level world. were they? What level uh, were they? step six. Um Northern Counties East League, I think.
3: Mm. That's right. Stavely Miners Welfare were one of the opponents' shields beat in their Vars run in
0: 2016 17 and yeah. a hell of a ground. I'm gonna really? be honest with you. When I, I sent Trevor a couple of pictures while I was there, mm. and the, you can see why the teams in the north do very well in the vars mm-hmm. because the setup that they had, when I compare it to without getting myself in East Cross- Preston. Clubs, from, Clubs Sussex. from Sussex. There you go, yeah. guys. You. Thanks, rescue thanks very much. Well, um, you did,
2: you did go with Soundman Pete, who used to be uh, he used yep. to be at East Press <laughs> and <laughs> heavily involved,
0: didn't you? And do you know what? It, I didn't have a burger. What? I had ah. chicken curry on chips. Boy,
1: yeah, it was.
0: Ringing. No, it, it really wasn't. Was you was it, look a can, was it a can burger? though? Was it a can oh. though? No, it, it was, was actually it made curry. It was it was a ch- made chicken curry. They had. Uh, chicken, skewers, and chips. And you know, none of the food costs more than four quid. Fair play, fair play. But you hey, enjoyed your experience I, up there? I did. Yeah, I, I
1: can tell you're in the north.
0: Yeah, I <laughs> did. And they had a disabled and um, elderly stand, which is enclosed, it's like seating, but in like a massive glass window. I don't know if they had it when you did you play them at Shields or you uh... play
3: them at Shields, guys. Um, yeah. yeah, they're a good, Stavely are an excellent club. I know that. They're really um,
0: good. And yeah, I mean, they lost. They lost 3 mm-hmm. 2. Um, but uh, do you know what? It was a really good game. And I took my boy, took Pete. He was inside because he got too cold. Soundman Pete. Soundman Pete. I thought you
1: said so um, he took him. He was excited, not
0: inside. Right, he <laughs> was inside. Why did he
1: stay um, inside? What a got, melt.
0: He got a bit cold. Bless him. He's <laughs> so fair now. He should be used to it. Yeah. yeah. And there's me there in my hoodie and my gilet. No coat. Hard oh, nut. No. <laughs> <The old foreigner. laughs> um, Fantastic. My only complaint was the way they poured the Guinness, but we'll let them off. What was it? Just pouring, let, let yeah there go. There you go, mate. Yeah, little oh, yes. swirl as they're pouring it.
2: But if I, but I don't know this, and I'll probably offend any Irish people we have got on here. But isn't that a marketing thing, leaving it to sit, or is that actually needed?
1: As far as I know, totally it's needed, needed, that's why it's, it's it. needed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, I
2: love a Guinness, but i've you know, is it is it just a marketing thing or does it actually nah, make it drink better? Nah, no, it, it, needs it. To nah. it needs to, yeah. yeah. So, anyway,
0: it wasn't too bad. <laughs> it only cost me four quid. So, okay, there we go. Yeah, very good experience. We'll go back there again at some point. Good, good, when it's a bit warmer.
2: Well, we need, we need to try and sort of arrange some form of meet with Chris because it's just a virtual friend at the moment, isn't it? <laughs> There's
0: been, do you know what? There's been a couple, I've been up there a couple of times now, and I, I've looked at how far Shields is away from there, and I'm like, it's about another two, two and a bit hours, and I'm yeah, like, it's
3: a long way.
0: Oh, it, yeah, but it's not when I've already done four hours to get there. Yeah, but so. Chris will
2: probably have a full funeral. It was a one wedding to do on the day you'd end up going, wouldn't you? <laughs> I don't know, but I'd make sure it was a Saturday, don't worry. You could go in a black suit and just be uh, help him out or something, couldn't you? <laughs> there we go, there we go. Um, no, but rounded up nicely there, guys, and some much more football to come in the next few years. So I, was, I was due to be at a game on Saturday, but the, the world of aviation caused me not to be, which was a shame. But uh, I don't think I missed much on that Chesterfield. Um, Not Chesterfield, what am I on about? I think that's because where you were at, weren't you? I think uh Chelmsford 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 we'll get there eventually third time yeah third time lucky we got there um a little bit of anything to wrap up. I mean, I had to say, uh, if you haven't listened to it already, Mark White on the Peter Crouch podcast, that Peter Crouch podcast was a fantastic listener. I don't know. I think, did you guys listen to it? Have you had a chance yet? Yeah, I've listened to it. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, oh, really yeah. And I had to send Mark a text saying, nice, nice uh, interview on there. But it's uh, it's, uh, it's good to see you doing smaller podcasts than your uh, your original ones that you love so much. <laughs> he did find that quite funny. Uh, any Any final things from you guys before we, we wrap this? Bumper, well, I say bumper, it's only an hour and sort of 20 minutes after recording, but bumper it it probably, probably be once you get the Liam bit in, it'll be a bit longer. But I'll keep him yeah. saving to 10 minutes, Trev. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything to wrap up this podcast, guys? Nothing from me. No, no, nothing from me. So, where are we in the next couple of weeks? And what have we got this weekend, uh, Trev? What have you got? Uh,
1: Barnet Dagon on Tuesday night, uh, possibly portion Peterborough Sports on Saturday. Um, Corinthian against Faversham week on Tuesday which is their top three both of those two is about seven clubs that could win the title there at the moment um and then Barnett Chesterfield on the TV on Saturday the 20th
2: very good very good is that are you there or are you are oh yeah, you going I'm going, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you so watch out for Trev wave at the TV
1: the <laughs> camera's are all behind us so no, got it got it got wrong side I- wrong side
2: Gaz, anything, are you going to top up your, are you going to see a match for the first time in
0: 2024? Um, well, it depends. <laughs> that was a big huff uh, there. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, as I say, Christmas has absolutely wiped me out. But I'm hoping might get to watch some, watch my brother play or something on the weekend. Um, nice. And I might, if it's not that much, but I've got to join Trevor at Horsham
2: on Saturday. We'll see. Oh, you got, are you going to Horsham on Saturday?
1: I'm just going to see the Gash man.
2: The Gash man?
1: Yeah, Michael Gash, player manager at Peterborough. Oh, oh, right. (laughs) Ex barnet champion. Gash man. Gash man, yeah.
2: Is he he a friend? Will he know you or do you just just go and see him support? Facebook
1: friend, at least, I think. Yeah, okay. I've spoken to him a couple of times, but um, yeah. I'll make contact beforehand, you know how he's. Yeah,
2: you (laughs) know it. And uh, Chris, for yourself?
3: Nothing on Saturday. Shields were meant to be playing Hereford, but they are in the FA Trophy, so we are gameless. But obviously, this is Monday night, so tomorrow night, Tuesday, we're on the National League TV, away to Bishop Stortford, so I'll tune in for that. Might try and get You're a going? game in. <laughs>
5: um,
3: I'm working, guys. It's unfortunate. We, we could have met you halfway. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. Yeah, it's so, yeah. <laughs> I will try and get... I want to try and get to a um, a Morpeth game to see how our lads who are on loan are doing, really. Um, but unfortunately, um, Saturday I'm... Well, Saturday I'm on the drink. So there, 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 you, go. there,
2: you, go. there you go. There you go. There you go. There you go. I'm literally possibly not going to any games before the next podcast. So it all... Definitely not on Saturday. Maybe if I finish on time, I might swing by the Horsham game. If it's not sold out, I might see you chaps there on my way home from work. But other than that, I am uh, reliant on not being used from standby the week after that to see Worthing play Tunbridge. Because I ain't driving down to Plymouth to see Worthing this weekend against uh, Truro when I finish work at 12 o'clock. In an electric car, I don't think I'll make it anyway without a charge. (laughs) I think that's... (laughs) <laughs> to get there for the honest. final whistle. But to be, to be fair, it might be called off the way it's going at the moment. The weather is looking a bit shocking this weekend down there. I've already seen on some Worthing pages, it could be called out. Uh, I think the close I'm getting to non-league is recording Worthing's every podcast tomorrow. So I may be on with Pete, but I'll be with Spencer and Jacko who record that with me tomorrow night. Uh be interesting. Uh, we've got um, our general manager and we're speaking to George Dow, MBE, because if you don't know, which I guess is good for the whole of non-league, George Dow owns Worthing, uh, obviously, Spinal injury back in the days. He's, uh, he's had a uh, he's had an NBA awarded to him. Pretty good, pretty good, in it, guys. Very good, very, very good, very good, well
3: deserved. Well
1: deserved, George. Well
2: deserved. And, and I think that wraps it up episode fifty nine with Tackle all this together. The Premier non League podcast is done. Happy New Year! Uh, it's been good to get back in the room together, guys. Hopefully, Pete will be with us on the next one. But for myself, James, Gaz, Trev, and Chris, I'll be seeing you. Bye for now. Bye.